I'm Mitch Steele of New Realm Brewing Company, and this is the Brewer to Brewer podcast from All About Beer. My guest today is Matt Cole from Fatheads Brewery, and he is here for a conversation that goes beyond the brew house and into topics that matter to brewing professionals and curious beer drinkers. First, uh, please visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media. And to support journalism in the beer space, check out patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We'll get into the conversation in just a moment, but first, this message. First Tea is a proud sponsor of the Brewer to Brewer podcast. Some of the brightest brewers across the country have discovered the First Tea Advantage. Hill Farmstead, Sweetwater Brewing Company, and Angry Chair are among the many who have used First Tea's unique and quality teas and botanicals to create top-rate beers. First Tea focuses on being direct, flexible, and fast. You can find out more about First Tea's collaboration with brewers and tea ingredients by visiting firsttea.com slash blog. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A dot com slash blog. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Looking for an easy hop sourcing experience? Yakima Valley Hops offers the finest quality hops from right here in our valley and premium growing regions around the world. Get the hops you need when you need them with ultra-fast shipping and awesome customer service. With a full line of liquid hop products and all your favorite varieties, no contracts are needed to brew with the best. Shop now at yakimavalleyhops.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A, valleyhops.com. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm here with Matt Cole today, uh, and I've known Matt for a long time. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's he's the co-founder and brewmaster at, at uh, Fatheads Brewery uh, that has three locations in the Cleveland area in Ohio, and I've visited him there several times and just really enjoy it. Uh, Matt began his pre- professional brewing career in 1992 in Pittsburgh while attending the University of Pittsburgh and worked part-time at the Pennsylvania Brewing Company. And then after college, he studied at the Siebel Institute of Brewing Technology in Chicago and Brew Lab at the University of Sunderland in England. His pursuit's always been driven by hard work, passion, and creating a strong team focused on core goals and producing world-class beer. Uh, and since opening back in 2009, Fatheads Breweries have been awarded 41 awards at Great American Beer Festival and World Beer Cups. Uh, and at the most recent World Beer Cup in, in 2023 in Nashville, uh, Fatheads Brewery got three golds and one bronze for a total of four medals. And we'll definitely dive into that a little bit. Uh, Headhunter IPA was awarded the gold out of 412 entries in the American IPA category, which is beyond impressive. Um, Matt, in his free time, uh, competes on the professional barbecue circuit and enjoys spending time with his family and his two dogs, Bruno and Gunner, who I remember well. <laughs> so anyway, um, Matt, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for uh, for thinking to me about uh, including me in this Brew to Brew podcast. It's a true honor. Thank you. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to our conversation, and I thought maybe we'd just start off, you know, you, you know, I went through your biography a little bit, but, you know, if you could hit on some of the things that got you into craft beer that that aren't included in that in that biography and, and just how you got into it and, and how you ended up with uh, Fatheads Brewery. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I always had a taste for, I guess, uh, quality beer for the most part. It was... Um, Oh, my brother was about four years older than me. So I remember when he graduated from college and I was probably 18 and we had a big graduation party for him and the cooler was full of Sierra Nevada pale ale. So I have one of those same stories where it's like (laughs) Sierra Nevada pale ale, like what is in here? This is just, this is beyond like flavorful. So that was one of those beers that, that really hit me. Um, and it was on the porch of my front house. And, um, and then that, that got me diving a little deeper. And then I would say with beer, it was probably beers, uh, Pete's Wicked Ale was, was, was a really influential beer for me. Um, I would say, um, beer, believe it or not, when I was attending the university of Pittsburgh, um, Sierra, uh, uh, Sam Adams, uh, Boston lager was made at the Pittsburgh brewing company. And it was, 
immaculately fresh and flavorful with holler taller middle fruit and that was another one of those beers early on where I was like this is even though it was made at a, at a large brewery it was it was super flavorful and um so you know it was it was it was a lot of those you know um you know every everyday modern modern day craft I guess um beers um that and I gotta say Great Lakes was another very influential brewery for me um, you know, Commodore Perry, Burning River Pale Ale. Um, I would drive from Pittsburgh to Cleveland, um, you know, just to just to, you know, have the beers and um and and bring beer back. So um those those are some of the most influential breweries. Um nice. Yeah. Nice. And 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 how did you hook up with uh uh your partner at Fatheads? How did that all happen? Well, after I, I actually worked at Great Lake. So when okay. I got back from the University of Sunderland. Um, I did a, um, like an internship through the Baltimore Brewing Company, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit how that was a very influential brewery as well. Um, but, um, so after I, um, attended Sunderland, I came back, um, and when I finished college and I, and I, um, did an apprenticeship basically at Baltimore Brewing Company. Then I worked at Great Lakes for a few years. I was in their product development team, you know, running their pilot brewery, doing things like that. And, that was a great experience. And, and then eventually I actually worked for quite a, quite eight, eight years, I believe at Rocky river brewing company. And that was, you know, I was in my late twenties. That was a startup brewery. Um, I kind of had free reign to do everything. And I learned a lot, uh, you know, I made a few mistakes, but um, progressively, I mean, we won, we won medals, uh, you know, every year and we were, we were, you know, a small brewery, but, but an impactful brewery when the, the you know, the brewing scene was, um, you know, wasn't quite, I think there were 12 breweries basically, you know, in, in the Ohio team <laughs> back then. So, you know, and that's really where it, it, it was kind of, I won't, I won't call it my playground, but that's where I learned a lot about hoppy beers. And, um, at one point, you know, I, I, I became friends with a lot of guys from Northern California. Um, you know, Arnie from Marin Brewing Company, you know, yep. Mullins, but, uh, you know, those guys, Rich Norgrove, you know, Bear Republic, a lot of those guys, you know, I befriended those guys and eventually uh, went out, hung out with them and kind of picked their brains and learned a lot about what was making, you know, that West Coast IPA um, pop, you know, and, and and they were kind enough to to share a lot of a lot of secrets, I guess. I don't call them secrets, but they were they were kind enough to share their knowledge with me that improved my beers back here in Ohio. And that ultimately led to, you know, me, you know, making better, better and better beers. And eventually um, it was, you know, it's time to kind of move on. And, and I, I teamed up with uh, my partner, Paul Saperky from the start. And we ultimately, you know, um, found a location and we were going to do kind of an aviation theme because Ohio has such a rich, rich history of aviation. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we couldn't raise all the money and, you know, this is back in like, uh, I think it was like, uh, 2007 or eight. Um, and so ultimately when I was trying to muster up the cash, I went back to, you know, the Fatheads has the original location in Pittsburgh. So I went back to Glenn and Michelle, the owners of Fatheads and now they're my partners. Um, to ultimately see if they would, you know, uh, infuse the cash to get us over the hump. And then that led to um, what if we made it a fatheads? I mean, and they already had, you know, they had marketing, they had branding, they had a menu, they had success, you know, you know, banks like to see that stuff. And yeah. so that's what kind of made it change to a fatheads. And, um, I, you know, it's funny when I was driving to visit them, <clears throat> I was so discouraged at that point. I, you know, we almost, uh, you know, we were, we, we had, um, we defaulted, you know, we, we were running out of money and running out of time. And ultimately I almost turned around, you know, outside of Pittsburgh, but I, I you know, I, I figured I'd, you know, you know, at least make my pitch, have a beer at my former Penbury and, and what, what can it, you know, what can it hurt? And, you know, so that was, that was really a, a monumental moment for me, the company, our future, and, you know, I guess beer drinkers in a lot of ways. So ultimately it became a fatheads and, after that, you know, I mean, our first year, we, we, I shipped beer out in the suitcase to the West Coast IPA Festival at the Bistro. <laughs> and we got a call when we were at the Great Taste of the Midwest, um, you know, that we had won gold, you know, and 
I think that was that was like the first time it's like holy shit man we 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 we're on to something you know <laughs> and then 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 we went on and had had some more success over the next couple of years with headhunter so and headhunter you know has been has been a, a the like the second beer that I ever brewed and and as at fatheads you know wow i you know i'll i'll tell you i think the, the first time we met was when I was with our our stone brewing sales guy uh, who was managing Ohio at the time, and his name was Jay uh, Jay Ashmore. But um, uh, you know, I remember him telling me that you were making this these wonderful beers, and you know, when I when I came and visited, I think uh, I think it was around I think it was 2010. So you guys might have been open about a year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I remember drinking headhunter uh, for the first time and i'm like hey, hey, you know it was holy toledo here's somebody on the eastern half of the country brewing california style ipas and i am absolutely in love with this beer and honestly headhunter is one that i i have uh, i've called out several times over the years when i've had the opportunity to as being one of my favorite beers and i you know and i remember just chatting with you you know, in your in your brew pub there, your first location, and just talking to you about beer and how you approach brewing and everything. Um, and I just walked away from that experience, going, "Wow, this Matt is really dialed in, and this is really fun to to hang out here." And you know, we did that collaboration beer, and we did a few. We've done a few collaboration beers since then, which have always been fun. Uh, but well, I'll never... we've, stuck, we've, we've done a lot of rye beers and we've stuck a lot of mashes. So yeah, well, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> that rye is no longer a collaboration beer between us. So, so Matt yeah. always suggests brewing with rye and yeah, he's right. We had two or three collaborations that we threw in rye at the last minute. Stuck the mash. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So then, yeah. you know, <laughs> then we've just moved on from that with, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, with with the beers you were making and and how, I mean, I just I just looked at your range of beers on that first visit and just thought you know you were nailing everything you were doing, um, and you know just to get into the success you've had at these um, uh, Brewers Association beer competitions, which in my mind, uh, you know, it's great if you win once in a while. It's amazing if you win multiple medals at one event. But to have the kind of sustained success that you and Fatheads have had over the years, I I think is is beyond amazing. Um, you know, they, there's a lot of breweries that come and go in these competitions that win for a few years in a row, make a great name for themselves, and then kind of drop off from the medal counts. Um, and and I've, I haven't seen that from you, and I'm just, you know. Uh, obviously, um, Headhunters uh, an amazing IPA. It's one of the best IPAs in the world, and and congrats on the on the medals. But you know, how do you how do you approach entering these competitions? And and uh, you know, what 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 would you attribute your success to more than anything? Oh, shoot, that it's it's a loaded question for sure. Um, <laughs> No, I, you know, and I'm still actively, you know, I, I still do the registration. I, I, you know, I still try to drive, you know, the, uh, our, our lineup of beers and what's going to do what. And, um, you know, gosh, Mitch, I, I really believe it starts with, you know, raw materials, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, I, I believe we, we, we try to source the best hops in the world and we're not a small brewery, you know, we, we, we have a little buying power. So, you know, so we kind of, you know, we try to tag the best hops we can, um, you know, we, we, we try to find in, impactful, um, contributions to our beer. Um, we really look at packaging. So, you know, I'm not afraid to disclose that a lot of our smaller brewery brew pub or beers that, you know, we, we try to not even transfer them. We, we, we find and carbonate in the tank, um, package right out of the tank. We look for very low, you know, PPM of packaging, you know, try to get below 30 in our, in our, in our, um, uh, you know, in our filler, our, uh, you know, Italian filler, we try to get into the single digits, um, you know, to try to ultimately have the best shelf life we can. Um, but it's about, it really is about balance, you know what I mean? It's about drinkability. And I, and I you know, I, I don't want to, you know, steer off too far, but 
I'm not sure that, you know, headhunter winning in the World Beer Cup, you know, you have European judges, um, you know, I think it's it's a little different than the GABF. I think that sometimes the GABF might be a little bit about who can outdank their neighbor, um, mm. you know, in, in bigger aromas and, and you know, not quite, you know, more more aggressive even uh, than, than, you know. So uh, I think, you know, it really boils down to, you know, raw materials, you know, uh, great packaging, a lot of, um, you know, attention to detail. Um, we also can enter more, more beers. So we, you know, we got 12, 12 entries cause we have, you know, 12 to 15 entries cause we have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three locations so we can play the odds a little bit. So that's helped. That's helped. I mean, I, I think if we had one location, I'm not sure that we would have, you know, had a perennial run like we have, you know, okay. maybe, but, but, but ultimately, you know, that, you know, you, you, you ultimately are entering, you know, more, the more entries, the better chance you have of, but, you know, it, I don't, it's a really about, you know, good sound brewing practices, um, throwing the best raw materials in there and creating drinkability, you know, having a great base beer, you know, and then, and, you know, I think that's, that's key. Yeah, certainly uh, the packaging quality plays a large role because those samples are shipped out, you know, a month and a half before the competition. And then the competition happens over several weeks. And and so by the time the judges are tasting those final rounds, sometimes the beer's been packaged for quite a while. And and yeah. as a judge, as somebody who's judged a lot of these competitions, I can tell you that that oxidation is is something that'll knock you off the table. So um, immediately, right? Yeah. So I I think that's a a really good point. And, you know, people that send growlers and crawlers to these events are probably putting themselves at a disadvantage. For Um, sure. How did, how much, you know, I know there are breweries that like sit down and plan out what they're going to enter every year and, and get their whole team together and, and taste a bunch of beers and stuff. Do you go to those lengths or are you just at the other extreme, are you just pulling what's in the warehouse and sending it on its way? Where, where do you land in in that kind of strategy? You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll try to come up with some new stuff that, you know, I, I'm not, I won't lie. I mean, sometimes we look at it, entries from the previous years and, you know, you know, I think, I think sometimes everyone's chasing the low numbers. Yes. Right? You know, <laughs> you know, and then, and then the problem is, you know, the next year the numbers go high again. And then the next year after that, they drop down again. So, you know, sometimes you can't look at the low numbers, but, you know, and then, and then like this year we, we won gold, um, you know, for our uh, Weizenbach and, and our, our Mike, our, our brew pub brewer does such a great job with that beer. And I mean, it, it bested Schneider and Vine stuff on her. Um, but you know, there's things that we do for that. Like, you know, the big breweries, you know, we're, we're providing him with yeast and, and things like that. So there is a planning process that has to happen to make that mm-hmm. work. Cause if we try to do that beer with a first generation yeast, it just doesn't have the ester profile that it needs to really stand out and the phenolics that it needs to stand out. So, you know, there's a lot of planning on, as far as that aspect and the timing in the big brewery and, you know, but you know, the, the cool thing about, you know, our latest win with Headhunter is it came out of a 300 barrel tank and it went through a centrifuge and it, it, it went, you know, a lot of people touched that beer, you know, so it's a real tra- testament to, to really good processing and um, a really good commitment to quality, you know, so, yeah, you know, I mean, our wheat beers have been extremely successful, you know, and our, especially our goggle fogger, you know, our, our kind of our, our South German Hefeweizen, but you know, we invested, you know, a significant amount of money in open fermentation. We actually float that beer. Um, we float the wort, you know, we, we do things to, um, to, to kind of replicate what you would find in Bavaria. And when, when the guys from Browcon, you know, come over and, you know, I give them a wheat beer and, you know, they say it tastes like home, you know, and that's, that's, a, that's, big, that's the biggest compliment yeah. that, that I could ever, our, our brewery could ever receive. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Having somebody from the homeland. Yeah, but it was a big investment and we don't sell a lot of it, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, we don't sell a ton of it, but, but I, I like to drink it and, and it, and, and, you know, we set out to make, you know, you know, a, a world-class, you know, Hefeweizen and, you know, that's, um, it, it's, it's great to see our investment pay off. Cool. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it, you know, to me, I, and what I'm taking away from this conversation is just an incredible attention to detail and everything you do and authenticity. And I, I love that. Um, 
let me ask you this. This is kind of a fun question, and it came up because it came up when I was at the at the World Beer Cup or or the Craft Brewers Conference a few weeks ago, and I was talking to some people, and the conversation came up. Do you have any superstitions or rituals that you go through before the awards ceremony? Uh, because I I ran into people that have a shirt that they wear every time. Uh, me personally, I tend to do better if I'm not at the awards ceremony. So I typically don't go <laughs> and send somebody else. Uh, I mean, what, do you fall into I'm, any I'm, of those I'm things? With you. I'm with you. I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of competitive by nature. So, you know, unfortunately, I love to walk the stage and that, that will never get old. And, and I had planned to go to Nashville. I mean, you know, and you, you kind of get those feelings of beers. You know, we, I always, when I look at, when I look at what we've sent, cause you know, obviously we are, we're, we're all tasting beers that we're sending as they get closer to the actual judging or the awards. And um, yeah, I can say that, you know, we had a few of a few, two beers that I thought like, these are going to metal, you know, I, mm-hmm. they, they should metal at least. It depends on what everybody else sends, I guess, you know, but, but I don't like going because I, I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know, and when that first one hits, man, the weight is off. And then it's just like, great. Now you're just happy to see everybody else win. And, you know, that's, that's what I kind of, you know, I, I do love to see all my friends win. And, yeah. um, but I, but I don't, I don't love going there and getting all stressed out about it all. And, <laughs> you know, and I do the same thing with my barbecue competitions. We'll talk about that later, you know, and, and I'm better at beer than I am barbecue, but, um, I don't really have a superstition per se. It's just, um, to me, um it's easier for me to 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 just um you know watch it remote yeah i i i'll tell you i i mean this this past year at the gabf and the world beer cup we won medals for the first time in these competitions with new realm and i wasn't there for either one of them However, I it, it it's kind of funny that the Great American Beer Festival when the awards were being announced, I had completely forgotten that it was happening, and then my oh, phone just great. started lighting up. And I'm like, "What's going on here?" Wow. <laughs> and and no, my wife Kathleen was on the computer, and she calls out, and she goes, "You want a gold? You want a gold?" And I'm like, "Oh!" And and to your point, you know that that whole relief and uh, you know. It's like okay, you know, we we did it, and uh, so I I can totally relate to. It's you great know, for it, team. I mean, it's great team building. I mean, it really is yeah. great team building. You know, when that happens, and you know, and you know, when you don't win, and that's happened to us before. You know, you, you, you try not to get too discouraged. You just, you know, you, another one's around the corner. You know, so you know, it's it's discouraging, I guess, when you when you think you have a beer that absolutely knocked it out of the park, or or it's one in the past, and 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 not, then it doesn't win. You think, oh my gosh, this is better than the one, you know, but you know, you never know what everybody else is sending and, you know, you know, yeah, right. Honestly, you know, I mean, you know, American IPA, it has to go through seven or eight categories or seven or eight rounds, I think. So yeah. there, there is, there is some luck involved in that because I mean, you guess, I guess you could have, you know, eight of the best, you know, all the best beers could end up on, on a few tables that, yeah. you know, that that ultimately only can push a few through right so you know it really is subjective and you know so um you know there there's there's definitely there's a smidgen of luck when it comes to those mega categories yeah definitely and yeah i try you know our team uh you know is they're passionate and they they get disappointed when we if we don't win but you know it's like you said there's there's elements that you know you can't control all you can do is send the best beer you possibly can and hope it hope it lands at a good table and table with judges that appreciate it. Um, I, you know, did, did you you want a medal in the experimental IPA category this year, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah, that was brewed by a pilot brewer, Will, um, and and that was fresh hop. So you know, obviously, we weren't using hops that were you know from from Yakima. Those were IQF hops, and we've you know we we we've we invested a fair amount of money into iqf um it's been okay for us um but that's what was in that particular beer was was a frozen fresh hop frozen fresh hop so yeah let's let's talk about that because you know you and i are both both hop heads and i know you know in your lineup right now you have a a fresh hop beer um 
and you know, and, and when I saw that, I was, I was assuming you were looking at, at frozen fresh hops, and I've never used them before. But you know, what kind of, you know, I think in this business, you know, hop breeding and hop innovation has really driven a lot of beer innovation. It's what's kept IPA as fresh as it's been, you know, for 20 something years is, you know, discovering new hop varieties and throwing some new flavor components into a beer. What kind of things excite you on in that front right now? I mean, there's so much research going on into hop products and new hop varieties. What, what, what are you excited about? Well, you know that's that that's one of those other questions that we have to really trial it we have to we 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 get a little bit of it in we trial it we we run it through our pilot brewery we vent it um you know and i'd say you know 75% of the time it 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 flops for us in a lot of ways and a lot of times you know you rub a hop and it, it's got it, it it seems like it's got the most amazing potential in the world and then when you finally you know actually cook with it um you know, it, it, it seems to, you know, not deliver the same impact or it's a good supporting hop, but it, you know, it, it, it doesn't really stand that well on its own. So um, all those things being said, you know, we, we really, we'll, we'll try, you know, different stuff. I mean, I think the most for us that diff, that, that makes us a tad bit different than some other breweries is we're, we're extremely um, whole flower, um, you know, we, we, we like fresh flower hops. So we use a, a hop back. Um, we're aggressive on the tail end um, with, with our hop back. Uh, you know, we, we do some things where, you know, I think we we're, we're heat exchanging from the kettle to the whirlpool. That's something that was new for us with our new facility. Yeah. So we're you know, casting out work cooler. We're doing less kettle hopping and more whirlpool hopping. Um, we're using more, more, more and more pourable products, um, like Salvo, um, you know, we do use hop extract, um, for our hop forward beers for the most part early on, you know, to try to reduce the vegetative matter, the plant matter. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then we're, we're, we really do love cryo, you know, yeah. cryo hops are, are definitely something that has helped us. I don't love, and they're not the cheapest thing in the world, yeah. But but they definitely can make an impact and reduce, you know, some of that polyphenol, you know, bog, I call it, that kind of, you know, um, makes your beers a little bit stewed and veg vegetative. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of <clears throat> so we're trying to, I guess, sift through a lot of the plant matter, um, reduce it to make for a, a, a brighter, cleaner um higher drinkability um than than what we have in the past okay um yeah i i think that's really really interesting and you know so many of the big hop companies are doing so much research to try and help brewers gain efficiencies and and maximize flavor potential and and <clears throat> you know i've i've always really enjoyed that part of the business and and just learning about all that and i i know you do too um you know, I think some of these uh, these uh, oils and and some of the uh, pourable uh, hop products that you can use in the brew house uh, are really interesting. And and the flavors, you know, can be a little bit different, right? But if you if you as uh, to use a BA judging term, skillfully blend what you're doing, you, you can end up with something that is really just absolutely incredible. And yeah, and um, it's. It, it's know? hard too because it, you know ultimately, and we 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 have a pretty we have a pretty intense tasting program. We we analyze our beers throughout the entire lifespan. Mm -hmm. You know, because we're finding that you know the cleaner we make our beers, and ultimately, you know, the drinkability is extremely good. You know, for a period, and then they kind of fall off. I won't say they fall off a cliff, but they they lose some of that impactfulness. You know. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we've tried a, a new product called Simcoe Bomb. Um, so we we are kind of like a test brewery for YCH. I mean, and we we try to, you know, always, we're trying to, always trying to scour for new products. And that, that Simcoe Bomb was one of these products where they were actually able to isolate the alpha in the, in the essential oils. And um, it made for such a very clean, drinkable beer. But as it got some age on it, 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 it just didn't, it just didn't hold up. I mean, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 
you need you need some of that polyphenol for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, you can't just get it all the way through dry hopping. So um I don't know. So, you know, I, I think I think it's it's gonna be it could if it ever gets to market, it's gonna be a great product. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna have to find where the, the best spot for it at some point is you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So that's what we're doing. We make yeah. changes all the time to our hop forward beers. We just do small, we only change one variable for the most part. And we, 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 we stair step into any changes so that the consumers really don't know that we're, you know, doing anything different. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And um, yeah, so we're in that pursuit of hoppy perfection and <laughs> don't always get there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you got to take some risks to have those big successes. Right. And um, yeah, it's uh, I mean, for me and, you know, and I know it's a big part of what you're, you're passionate about, but for me, that's, you know, trying to find new ways to use hops and new ways to add hops and um, new hop varieties to use. Uh, that's all really fun. And, you know, there've been a lot of new varieties that have come out that I haven't Amazing. Particularly liked, and and then there are some that have come out that have been unbelievable. I, do yeah. you have any favorites as far as the? I mean, new honestly, yesterday for the first time we 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 just rubbed Super Delic. Okay, this is a new LICH uh, hop. Yeah, um, I think that's probably got a lot of potential. I mean, it had a little bit of onion and garlic and a little, you know, a, li a little, you know, a little funk, but I think it's I think it's going to be a good one. Um, there was some aroma hop it's called aroma aroma oh uh, aroma aroma yeah yeah it was straight juice i mean absolutely straight juice just mango melon passion fruit pineapple i mean and i and i know the guys from sierra nevada are extremely high on that one um so cool. you know i mean I, to me it just like hazy ipa if you want to make a hazy ipa like this 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 is it throw it in the whirlpool and this thing is going to give you the big juice bomb you know mm -hmm. i think but um yeah you know and i know you're a big fan of el dorado and we're buying more el dorado and yeah uh, we buy more strata now and but we're still we're still pretty old school you know we we we, we love our simcoe citra mosaic centennial chinook um you know sultana's probably been the one that we are invested the most in right now okay um, you know so now headhunter believe it or not has sultana in it and never had that before wow okay yeah. You know, and that's actually that that's actually Sultana Salvo. So it's it's actually a pourable salvo. Okay. You know, so those are just one of the things that we've done that that I think has increased our 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 efficiencies and um also made our beers um you know not so simplified or you know not 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 so old school. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, you know, continuous evolution is the key. Um we're going to take a short break for this message and then come right back for more of this conversation with Matt Cole from Fatheads Brewery. First Tea is a proud sponsor of the Brewer to Brewer podcast. Some of the brightest brewers across the country have discovered the First Tea Advantage. Hill Farmstead, Sweetwater Brewing Company, and Angry Chair are among the many who have used First Tea's unique and quality teas and botanicals to create top-rate beers. First Tea focuses on being direct, flexible, and fast. You can find out more about First Tea's collaboration with brewers and tea ingredients by visiting firsttea.com slash blog. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A dot com slash blog. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Looking for an easy hop sourcing experience? Yakima Valley Hops offers the finest quality hops from right here in our valley and premium growing regions around the world. Get the hops you need when you need them with ultra-fast shipping and awesome customer service. With a full line of liquid hop products and all your favorite varieties, no contracts are needed to brew with the best. Shop now at yakimavalleyhops.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A, valleyhops.com. Well, welcome back. Uh, again, I'm Mitch Steele with New Realm Brewing Company. I'm here with Matt Cole from Fatheads Brewery. Uh, and we've been talking about beer, of course, and um, medal-winning beers and innovation work and things like that. Um, 
I want to shift gears a little bit, Matt. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me when I see your team win awards and I've met members of your team is they are all just incredibly passionate about what you all are doing. And, you know, managing a big team when you grow is, it can be really challenging. You can, you, you can hire people that are high achievers that get bored brewing the same beer day in and day out. And then you get people, you know, that, that would prefer to do that. And I, you know, I just, you know, I'm curious about, about how you manage the team and what's important to you and in, in ensuring you have a team that is engaged and, and happy and has a career path and all that kind of stuff that goes into being a great manager. What what kind of things do you look at there? Well, I mean, you know, you know I, I obviously being a brewer, um, I get over time, I, I, le- I had to learn to be an administrator and, and learn, <laughs> learn to be a manager and things like that, you know, and those are things that just, you know, it, it takes a while you know, because you want to kind of grab it all and, and take it all through the process and bear hug it all. And, you know, micromanage, you know, I did that for a while. And I, and and over time I realized that, you know, you have to empower people, but one of the, one of the smartest things I think I did, you know, when, when we had some early success was, was hire Chris Altman, our, our director of operations. He's, he's now, he's a partner of mine. Oh, great. You know, so he, he has a vested stake. He, um, is, is amazing at, 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 you know, managing teams, the process he's, he's much better at processing beer than I am. I'm not afraid to, you know, I know my roles and my responsibilities. And I think that's really what helps is, you know, that, you know, I, I'm more focused on quality raw materials, you know, procurement, um, uh, product development is, 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 is a big thing, you know, and, um, you know, and, and trying not to step on too many toes, you know, so, uh, a lot of that, I got to give a lot of credit to Chris, um, you know, being, you know, he, he's driving a lot of those departments on a daily basis, you know, I'm coming in on a higher level and, and overseeing things and, and trying to keep a pulse on all operations and, and then dealing with a lot of the, you know, administrative stuff, but, um, you know, it really is, a it's about empowering people and, and, and making them, you know, make decisions and, and, and ultimately, you know, creating a, um, an environment that, you know, they feel comfortable giving them good, you know, benefits and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, we're not doing anything special. Um, we're just focused on quality beer and, um, you know, and, and, and making sure that we've got a good, safe workplace that people can grow and, and grow into. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so important, you know, as you grow to have a, a team that <clears throat> really wants to, you know, be part of the success of the company. And it's not always easy to do. You know, there's a, a you know a lot of talk these days about mismanagement in breweries, and it's nice to talk to uh, folks that have done a a good job at managing it because you know brewers, by and large, you know. I, I, one of my friends in the hop business once said that brewers are functional introverts. So you've got that kind of working with you, um, you know, and then you've got people that are all about the passion. And I, you know, when I was at, at Stone Brewing Company, we, they had a policy before I got there of not hiring people that had been one person shows at brew pubs because all they wanted to do was do the creative work and they didn't want to do any of the, the real work that goes into getting beer out the door. And, and there was some, validity to that but um you know i kind of went the other way and i heard all a lot of people that had uh brewing educations and were really you know uh very uh very ambitious and they got bored very quickly and to, and to balance all that and and have a culture and a company where people are thrilled to be part of the team, I, I think is something that we all should strive for. So I, I see that in your company all the time. I know Chris, Chris is awesome. Um, and, you know, I just, I always get the sense when I, when I pop into one of your locations that you've got an amazing team. So congrats on that. Yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, same to you. I mean, I, I, when I was visiting you, I could tell that the uh, you know, you, you had a very engaged team that was, um, you know, they're super proud to to be part of what they were producing. And I think that's part of it. You know, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're taking beer home, they're tasting it, um, you know, and, and I think they're proud of it. They're proud to be part of it. 
Um, and that's that's just a testament to 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 you know you know it it all starts obviously you know on the upper level, but in all reality, I mean it's 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 the passion that 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 our people um, contribute to the product that that makes it really really special. So a lot of attention to detail and um, on all levels, and and I think that's what you know makes us successful. We're not, you know. I, I, I've said before, you know, we, we don't really, we're never chasing the almighty dollar. Like we're, we're trying to chase the best beer we can make. And if we can make money doing it along the way, then that's great. You know? So we're, we're, we've never been just, you know, okay, let's try to, you know, cut costs here, cut costs there. If we're going to, if, if it's going to jeopardize the quality of our beer, um, if we're just for us to grab a barrel or two, um, that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. So I think everyone understands that, that, you know, we're, we're passionate and then they, you know, I try to do things like I've been slacking a little bit, but, you know, I try to, I try to, I try to bring in my leftover barbecue. You know, I try to cook for these guys here and there. I try to do things that, you know, that, that they understand that, you know, when I sneak away on a Thursday or Friday to go to a barbecue competition, um, you know, it's work for me. It's just a different, it's a different kind of work, but um, you know, I, I, I like to make sure that everybody understands in our, in our company that they're very well appreciated. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, that, that provides a very nice segue. Let's, let's talk about the barbecue a little bit and, and just, I uh, you know, I, um, I remember several years ago, uh, after the Philadelphia craft brewers conference, I rode back to Ohio with you and it was kind of a cool road trip, but we, you, you barbecued that weekend and that was the first I really understood how passionate you were about that process as well. Uh, and it was a very fun weekend. It, how did that all get into your radar? How did you start diving into the, the barbecue at such a deep level? You know, it's, I mean, I had already been, uh, you know, I had a smoker been a, in my early twenties and um, you know, not a fancy one, you know, just, you know, so over time, I mean, I already kind of had a little bit of an interest in, you know, doing things when it barbecue related. And then it was probably in 2018, I think it was, I, I, I saw that there was a barbecue competition in Ohio, in Southern Ohio, um, in Nelsonville, Ohio. And so I, I just, I made a weekend out of, you know, going down mountain biking, hiking, and then, and then on that Saturday, I walked around and kind of checked out everybody's rigs and, um, smelled, you know, what everybody was cooking. And then I was actually fortunate enough to, uh, pester a guy enough to, you know, let me taste his food. And, um, <laughs> I was kind of blown away by it all and looking at all, you know, so I left there, like, this is something I might want to get into. So that's kind of how it all started, you know? Nice. And so the next year I ended up, you know, ordering one of these you know, kind of cool jambo pits and, and then, you know, and then I started taking classes from guys that were winning world championships and stuff. And, uh, you know, and it took a while to kind of, you know, take, it's not the easiest, there's a learning curve, but it, it was something that I had a fair amount of experience with. So, but, and it's just like making beer in a lot of ways. I mean, you start with great raw materials, there's, there's fire management, you know, there's, you know, you have to analyze every ingredient you have to. Mm -hmm ultimately follow a, a procedure or process it's very it's very detail oriented and and that's the I think the best you know the guys that are at best the, the best at this are the ones that you know get a, a great night's sleep you know they've got spreadsheets they're they're really focused <laughs> on making and, and just like beer it's yeah. about it's about balance like you can't you know you, you can't, you know, you have to basically have something that's just approachable by everybody because most judges are only taking one bite. So, you know, we've had, we've had some fair amount of success at it. I don't, the guys that are really super good at it are the guys that own barbecue places, you know, or they're doing, they're cooking almost every weekend and, mm -hmm. you know, chasing their dream, but um, it's, 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 it's creative expression in a lot of ways. And I, you know, for me, it's, um, it's a great opportunity to try to, you know, I know when it's spot on, um, you know, I know when we've missed the mark. You know, but at the end of it, just like the GABF or World Beer Cup, it ends up what table you hit. And ultimately, you know, <laughs> it's in the judge's hands at that point. 
So we didn't do very good this weekend. I think we got like 17th out of 40 teams and I cooked the best brisket I think I'd cooked in a long time. It ended up eighth, but, um, and I got to try the first and second place briskets because they were next to me and our brisket was better, but that's just not the way that it went. They hit different tables and, and that's okay. You know, that's life, you know, so we'll yeah. dust it off and try and uh, try again in a month. So. Um, tell tell me cool. a little bit about a competition day. How does how does that play out? I mean, you know, I, I'm assuming you get you're up early. Um, you're you're working all day and then the, the day of- before. So when you okay. get there, you know, you get there and, and and what the first thing that they do is they'll come over and what they call inspect your meat. So they'll come over and make sure that your meat hasn't been altered. So they're looking for basically uh, just trim meat. So, you know, we, we, we do chicken, we do ribs, we do pork butt and we do brisket. So that all has, it's all trimmed and bio, uh, uh, um, vacuum sealed. And they'll look to make sure that there's not seasoning rub injection. But once you get that pass of, okay, you're, you, you, you pass meat inspection, then you can do whatever you need to do to it. Brine it, inject in, injection okay. and season, season, whatever. So most of us are, are starting, you know, that process, um, you know, sometime on Friday, uh, early evening to end of the evening where you're injecting or seasoning or brining. Um, and then, um, most cooks now, most, most, most teams are cooking a little bit what we call hot and fast. So they're cooking at higher temperatures for shorter periods that allows you to get a little little more sleep. The guys that are cooking at 225 are the guys that are running their smokers overnight, you know, Mm -hmm. um, at lower temperatures. But, you know, most guys, I, I think I woke up on Saturday at three in the morning to just drop, drop our, um, our, our chicken in a brine. And then I went back to sleep. Honestly, I didn't go back to sleep, but, um, I will, I got back up at, at four 30, lit the pit five o'clock, the meat went on. Um, and so turn-ins were at 12, 12 PM. So yeah, we're just oh. cooking through the morning, you know, so you're cooking through the morning and then, then so they, 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 you turn in your meat at 12, 1155 to 1205. And then then it goes, so it goes chicken. They give you a 10 minute window for turning. Okay. If you miss that window, you're disqualified in that category. Okay. You know, so anyway, so no pressure. So short, <laughs> you know, it, you know, you turn in, you turn in consecutively chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. And then, and then we clean up our shit and then we go somewhere and, um, you know, for the awards and, 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 and that's what it, that, that's how it kind of goes. You make, you know, you can make some money. Most of the time it's a losing proposition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's only so much money, you know, they're spending $300 on a brisket that the first place pays 500. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's kind of a, but it's, there's there, there's a good camaraderie between just like, just like beer. There's a great camaraderie between teams, you know, and I oh, love that's to, neat. Like, 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 so I love to see guys win, um, you know, cause it, there's, there's really, I mean, you know, it's a crapshoot. It just, just like GABF. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, even when we haven't won, you can't get bent out of shape because, you know, it, it's it's the nature of the beast, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I, is as far as a, is, are these competitions a particular style of barbecue, like Kansas City barbecue, or is it a podge, everything podge? we do is based off the Kansas City Barbecue Society? Okay, yeah, so KCBS, and there's rules, and you know, you can only use you know kale and parsley and certain things for garnishing and it's all there's rules and regulations and it, it's basically um uh, you know these events are scattered all around the country and unfortunately ohio only has two of them you know it's kind yeah. of a dying sport in a lot of ways because it's so damn expensive and um you know there's not a lot of teams that are showing up so the payouts aren't great but at the end of the day i mean you know usually you know there there's it's the guys that that are putting all the effort and energy into it that are that are you know they have their own line of rubs and sauces and injections. Okay. Those are the guys that are tough to beat because it's their life. Yeah, it ain't my life. It's just <laughs> you know I'm a I'm a weekend warrior every now and then once a month. So if I can beat those guys here and there, I feel good about it. You know it's it's interesting. I um, you know talking uh, with. Um, Sean O'Sullivan recently, and and we were talking about, you know, being 100% beer focused versus having these other hobbies and how important that is 
you know, uh, you know, to get away from the beer for a little bit and do something else that that floats the creative boat uh, a bit. And it, it sure sounds like, you know, that uh, is working some magic for you. So that's really cool. I mean, it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's there's, a, you know, those weeks to me or I don't know how the guys do it every every weekend. Well, probably because it is their job and, you know, and they're better. They're, you know, it takes a lot of organizational skills. It yeah. really does. And I'm not super great at that. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, <laughs> it, you know it, it really takes a lot of a lot, a lot of preparation and planning and, you know, it and I, and I think the same thing goes for, you know, you know, winning barbecue competitions. It, it, it takes a lot of forward thinking and, um, you know, and you know when it's right, you know when it isn't right. And to me, it's um, it's a good outlet that takes my mind away from from beer, you know. Yeah, and, and my every you know everyday thing, and I, I unfortunately a lot of a not 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 a lot of the barbecue teams are are super craft beer guys, but the ones that are, they're my best friends because yeah. they know they know where to find good beer. <laughs> and that's, that's those perfect. are the guys if they're really good, if they're really good, and there are a handful like they're they're the guys that I can trade a little beer for a little bit of insight on why their shit's so good. So that's there, awesome. There is, there is a little. There, I, I have a little. I have a tool that I use to try to <laughs> extract knowledge. Beer is a great uh, uh, a great thing for things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, so that's really cool, and I, I I really love that you do that, and I love seeing your pictures on social media of what you've been what you've been barbecuing, and um, it's really fun. Um, you know, one of the other things that I've 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 seen you really get involved with, it seems like, and 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 maybe I'm misreading this, but over the years, um, you have developed some real close working friendships with some uh, European brewers, and you've been you've been going over to Europe and brewing beer and bringing them over to your place to brew beer. I think, um, you, you know, how, uh, that's something that I always look at and say, man, I wish, you know, I'd, I'd love to have that experience. How, do, how does that all happen? Yeah. That, sometimes I wonder how that all happened to be honest <laughs> with you, but so here, here's the thing. So I've been, I, I really love Franconia you know, the Northern part of Bavaria and, mm-hmm. and, and the Bomberg vicinity. Um, and I'll, I could probably tell you just about every brewery that's in a 30 mile radius. And, you know, so I, I, for, for, for quite some time, maybe 20 years, you know, I've been frequently probably once, once, once or twice a year, you know, I go back to that region and I, and it's um, over time, I guess I've developed some friendships with, with some of these guys that, um, ultimately, you know, there was, there, there became a period where, um, I guess the palates have shifted where they're looking for some more hop forward beers. So, um, one brewery in particular outside of Bomberg is called Kuhlmuller. And so that's a brewery that we've been working with, um, to, um, you know, and, and it's a funny story because, a lot of times, you know, I don't know if when you, if you take beer with you when you go to Europe, but I always try to take a few beers in case I, you know, run, run, you know, yeah. run across the brewery or two or visit somebody. And it's like, okay, here, you know, you trade some beers or something. So you know, there became a point where um, I visited the Kuhl Mullers and I had known them, you know, but not, you know, just got a tour a few years in the previous and you know, would say hello. And I stayed in their guest house a handful of times. And so at one point um, I brought over beer and I sat down a headhunter and I don't know, hop juju or something. And, and they said, um, do you want to try our IPA? And I, and I kind of thought they were, yeah, okay. Yeah. Your IPA, right. You don't make IPA. And they did, they actually made an IPA and this is probably back in, I don't know, 2016 or something. So I tasted it and it was well, it was, it was, it was almost red. It was malty. Um, it had all, you know, noble, you know, it, I think yeah. it had sapphire and, you know, mandarina. I mean, they were trying, but it just didn't strike the balance. So, mm-hmm. so I said to them, what if we did a brew together? And, and, and that's where it all kind of started, you know, was ultimately, you know, brewing, brewing a beer collaboratively. And um, we started with hop juju. 
and it was it was i mean the consumers loved it it was a very small limited run and then that led to okay let's do headhunter which became known as hot for love okay and then, and then i supplied them with um well, then, we, then we did uh, sunshine daydream is the most recent one that's that's called um uh, grishbirla um so you know all of a sudden we so you know i was helping them they helped me with some european style recipes um Oh, no, you know, it's just the, there's no monetary gain that we get. It's just really, a, um, it, it, it's, it's a, it's an amazing friendship. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of blown away by, by the fact that, you know, I used to visit that brewery in the, you know, early two thousands. And, and I, I was, I've always been such a fan of their beers and to be able to have that, that relationship. Um, it's mind boggling. It's probably the most rewarding thing that um i've accomplished or our brewery has accomplished um uh, in my brewing career it, it's better than the awards to me incredible because, because you know they treat me like family um they've also connect me with all these breweries in that region that i love so i get to know all the guys we hang out together it's i don't speak a lot of german but man there you, you can tell that there's a real passion you know, that they, they appreciate what we do. And I, and I, I really have the highest level of respect for that, those breweries. And it's been, it's been a great experience. That's incredible. I, you know, I, I think one of the things a lot of us really enjoy about the, about the brewing industry is the community that exists and, you know, developing friendships with people you may, you know, never would have developed friendships with otherwise. And, um, you know, within the United States and also internationally. And, and <clears throat> I think, you know, the, where you've taken that is, is pretty incredible. I, you know, and I, I look at some of the bigger breweries that have done things with European breweries and, you know, and, and then you go to a craft brewers conference or, or, you know, some sort of conference in Europe and you run into people and you hang out and the, the strength, the friendships strengthen and, and, you know, and all of a sudden you've got this group of people from all over the world that are really tight and, and, and just love working together. And I think, you know, for people that aren't in the beer business, this is one thing that I think is absolutely unique and very special about it. And, uh, uh, you know, I think you've done some amazing things in that in that area. And I know, you know, we we've gotten to go brew in England a few times and those those have been fun as well, you know, and well, um, I appreciate you. You kind of set me up with that. And I, I, I and <laughs> And those are experiences that that those are life experiences. And I've been fortunate enough to take my my parents along with me through those trips. And they've been really uh, I mean, just um, they, those have been some of the most amazing experiences for sure. Just the history. And and, you know, I'll never forget when when um, I, 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 I got set up at Bateman's, um, you know, in in Weinrich, I think it's called. And um, anyway, so they have uh, Bateman's has a, a large tower outside of the brewery right so it's this big mm -hmm. tower and and i'm i'm driving they're they're they're, they're bringing me into the they're towards the brewery and and there's there's a there's a flag flying on the and and they said look at the flag and the flag was an ohio flag really I mean, really super cool really? Like, those experiences are just like you know i mean it's just it, hard to comprehend how cool you know we're the first brewery to collaborate with bateman's you know and and then, you know, all, all the different, you know, I, I think I was at uh, Shepherd Neem. I think, I don't know if you cooked at Shepherd Neem, but yep. you know, yeah. that was the oldest brewery in the world with a wooden lotter ton. And, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is, these were just, just incredible kind of experiences. So um, I, I, I'm thankful that, thank, thank you for helping me, uh, you know, you, oh. you connected me with that stuff. You know what I, 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 you know, Stone was the first brewery that got asked to be part of that program in England. And um, you know, the, the person that organizes it, um, over the years has asked me for recommendations, you know, who should we be talking to? And, you know, so I've, I've connected them with a bunch of people to go over there and brew and I'm, I'm still doing that a little bit. And, you know, it's just, I love to see brewers get out of their, 
out of their comfort zone and do something that's a completely new experience yet still be very beer related and 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 you know uh, i yeah i've got a lot of stories about that one but uh, uh those are those are great experiences and i think you know the craft beer has just gone worldwide you know it's not just a an american thing anymore and and um you know i think you know those kind of trips that you've been doing i think have a lot to do with it I mean, networking is a big part of our industry. There's no question. You know, yeah. if you're not out networking, you know, you're you're probably falling a little bit behind. Um, you know, I appreciate and, and respect all my relationships with with, you know, other brewers and who I look up to and who I can reach out to and who I trust. And I don't know, it's, um, you know, networking is 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 ultimately especially when there's problems like, you know, when there are problems, you know, I've I know I know I've called you a handful of times. I know I ring mm -hmm. Vinny's phone a lot when there's problems, I mean, you know, so troubleshooting a brewery, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, lean on other people or or get their expertise. And, you know, that's that's a really vital part of, of what we do is is when things do go adrift, you know, how do you get them back in the right direction? So, um you know, and it, it it takes, you know, years of experience to be able to create those relationships. But I do believe that, um, you know, the, the better connected you are and um, the, 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 the better opportunity that you have to make better beer. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, we're, uh, we're coming close to the end of our time here. I just want to ask you one more question. Um, so, you know, the brewing industry, craft beers face facing a lot of headwinds right now, as, as the business people tend to say, there's a, a lot of challenges. Um, you know, uh, Bart Watson at the craft brewers conference indicated that he, his opinion is that craft beer is going to be flat for several years, uh, before it may start to turn back up into a growth phase. Um, you know what it, I wanted to ask about your level of optimism for craft beer as, as we move uh, into the coming years and, and what kind of things you're doing, um, to make sure that, you know, your brewery continues to be as successful as it has been. Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, you know, cause nobody has a crystal ball to be honest right. with you. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the, you know, there's no question that, that our industry is, is, is a, a little bit on of a slide. Um, you know, you know, we keep doing what we're doing. We we don't want to just go wider to try to get more volume, and you know, um, and we 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 try to stick to our core values and objectives, and that's making beer. Um, you know, we're you know we're not trying to chase the seltzer market. You know, we we talked we talked with your company a little bit about doing RTDs. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, under contract, you know, there's so many different angles and this and that. But at the end of the day, you know, we we like to drink beer and we like to drink beer the way we like to make it. Is it sustainable? I don't know. We're gonna let the future dictate that for us. Um, we're just gonna keep making the best beer we know how to make. Um, and if there's some you know, if it's profitable at the end of it all, then so be it. Um, I, I I think that, you know, quality will win out in the long, long run. I think, you know, companies that invest in, in quality and, and strong teams and, 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 um, you know, having um, compensated well, and, you know, those are the kind of things that I ultimately think are going to win out in the long run. You know, let's hope the consumers, you know, understand that, you know, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the, there's, there's a lot of choices and, you know, it's a good time for larger breweries like us, you know, regional breweries to, to stay strong and, 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 and build confidence within our consumers. Um, we might've gone, we might've diversified our portfolio a little bit too much this year. And, and especially towards like super premium, um, I think there is a, a little bit of a, there's, there's, there's a little lag in that market because people just don't want to spend, you know, $16 for, for double IPAs and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I do believe that there's, there is a trend towards, you know, uh, drinkability, you know, some lower alcohol, um, um, and, and consistency and, and, but I hope this doesn't, you know, become a price war or a, or a race to the bottom, but we're just going to keep doing, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, yeah. you know, and not try to change our business model too much. Um, just keep focusing on making great beer, maybe, maybe stuff that's um, a little bit more approachable. Like, you know, for us, we just hoppy, 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 fruity wheat, 
we don't have that like blonde or lager or anything that's like kind of in the middle. So that's probably a big thing for us. We have a couple horizontal tanks that are coming that nice. are going to they're going to start parking some some lager or some some cold fermented ales um, in it. So that's our next challenge is to try to make that more approachable beer. Um, so you know, all that being said, it, it's um, you hate to just pivot in the middle of what got you where you are today. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and, it's and, and we're lucky because we don't have a, a, a sales or marketing team that, per se, that is, you know, like, you know, you know, completely running our brewery. We're, we're still a, a brewer's brewery, you know, and that's important in, in today's world um, because, you know, we have a, you know, we, if we keep making great beer, you know, and keep, innovating and doing what we need to do to, 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 to make the best product that we can, then, then hopefully that will be enough to, to sustain. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate your comments on that. I, I think a lot of brewers are struggling with those arguments and those discussions. So Matt, um, just thanks again for, for being part of this with me. Uh, I always enjoy talking with you. Hopefully next time we get together, we're, we're drinking a beer together. Um, and, um, Matt will be on the next episode of this show as the host, having a conversation with the brewer of his choosing, uh, that will be on the air in two weeks. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media. And to support journalism in the beer space, check out patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. I'm Mitch Steele, and thank you for listening to the Brewer to Brewer podcast. First Tea is a proud sponsor of the Brewer to Brewer podcast. Some of the brightest brewers across the country have discovered the First Tea Advantage. Hill Farmstead, Sweetwater Brewing Company, and Angry Chair are among the many who have used First Tea's unique and quality teas and botanicals to create top-rate beers. First Tea focuses on being direct, flexible, and fast. You can find out more about First Tea's collaboration with brewers and tea ingredients by visiting firsttea.com slash blog. That's F-I-R-S-D-T-E-A dot com slash blog. Looking for an easy hop sourcing experience? Yakima Valley Hops offers the finest quality hops from right here in our valley and premium growing regions around the world. Get the hops you need when you need them with ultra-fast shipping and awesome customer service. With a full line of liquid hop products and all your favorite varieties, no contracts are needed to brew with the best. Shop now at yakimavalleyhops.com. That's Y-A-K-I-M-A, valleyhops.com.